0: Such That you can see You've been set free.
1: Name. your name is powerful your name is above every other name hallelujah oh what a wonderful savior we Who who is a brain bleed, asking for prayer for her, praying for Geraldine Chapman, who is very sick, St. John's. Let's bow our heads, let's pray together. Father in heaven, how we love you this evening, how we adore you this evening,
0: how we lift you up on
1: high this evening, for you are worthy to be praised tonight, Lord. God, we thank you for the wonderful presence, Lord, that is in this place tonight. God. Thank you Lord for the needs that you've already met Lord tonight Lord. Through this worship service God which is so powerful tonight. God I just pray right now Lord for every need that was mentioned dear God. Lord I pray that the mighty hand of Jesus right now will begin to work in the lives of these people God and that miracles will begin to happen Lord. Lord, and we will see your God-mighty things accomplished for the kingdom of God. Lord, while we are here praying, Lord, Lord, I pray that you will begin to touch and to move in this community. Lord, and lives will be changed. Lord, open the doors for the people and the men of God in this assembly to minister mightily. God, I just pray right now that hearts will be open to receive God. Lord, to receive your word. Lord, I pray right now for the word of God that will go forth in power and authority tonight, Lord, and that you would have your way. Lord, in this place tonight, God, I just pray for every person that is here that, is, that maybe has a burden on their heart. I pray right now that you would relieve that burden right now in the name of Jesus. God, we ask these things in your name. God. Everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you. you may see
0: If you have your Bibles with you tonight. I have to
1: turn to John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with a fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the son of god may be glorified through it And jesus loved martha her sister and lazarus so when he heard that he was sick he stayed two more days in the place where he was and after this he said to the disciples let us go to judea again the disciples said to him rabbi lately the jews sought to stone you and are you going there again down to verse 12. then his disciples said lord if he sleeps he will get well however jesus spoke of his death but they thought that he was speaking about taking press in sleep then jesus said to them plainly lazarus is dead and i am glad for your sake that i was not there that you may believe nevertheless let us go to him and thomas who was called the twin said to his fellow disciples let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethlehem was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had joined the women and around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know what, that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again to the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection, and the life of you who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. When she had said these things, she went her way as secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then... When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. Some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? and Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave. The stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, but this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where Jesus, uh, sorry, where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you will always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave goals, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, Loose him and let him go. The title of the message tonight is, Finding Hope in a Hopeless Situation. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. God, I pray it would rest on the hearts of men and women here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. The definition of hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. We live today in a hopeless generation, a generation that doesn't have the assurance of salvation that we have today. Many people in our society are putting their hope in men and women. Hunting their hope in politics, hoping that the men they vote in, the women they vote in, will solve all their problems. People hope in the lottery. They spend thousands of dollars hoping to win. People hope that they will find the void in their life by going to alcohol, drugs, men and women, and money, and things. Tonight, what this hopeless generation needs is a loving Savior. And tonight we have the hope that all the world needs and all this world is desiring. We have that hope living inside of us and that hope is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only hope of this world. Last Sunday we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, of how He was no longer in the tomb, but He rose again. That is the hope of the church. Death is defeated. Jesus is alive. There's nothing else to hope in, only in Jesus Christ. You are here tonight. You find yourself lost. Jesus is your answer. You're here tonight. You're struggling with sin. You feel hopeless. Jesus is your answer. You're here tonight. You're wondering, is there a God that actually loves me? There is a God that sin has only me, God." world that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life he loves you tonight tonight the only gospel that we preach is the gospel of jesus christ and his saving grace that's it he is the only hope this world has there is nothing else to say jesus is the all in all he is your answer tonight if that's all i said tonight then that would be good enough we could close and go home but guess what i got more to say There's a story, a certain place in the United States that had a program to help children keep up with their schoolwork while they were in the hospital. One day a teacher who was assigned to the program received a routine call asking her to visit a particular child. She took the child's name, room number, Talk briefly with the child's regular class teacher. We're studying nouns and adverbs in class now, the regular teacher said, and I'd be grateful if you could help him understand them so he doesn't fall too far behind. The hospital program teacher went to see the boy that afternoon. No one had mentioned to her that the boy had been badly burned, was in great pain, upset at the sight of the boy. She stammered as she told him, I've been sent By your school to help you with nouns and adverbs, when she left, she felt that she had accomplished very much. But the next day, a nurse asked her, what did you say to that boy? The teacher thought she must have done something wrong and began to apologize. No, no, she said. The nurse said, you don't know what I mean. We've been worried about this little boy, but ever since yesterday, his whole attitude has changed. He's fighting back and responding to treatment. It's as though he's decided to live. Two weeks later, the boy explained that he had completely given up hope until the teacher returned, arrived. Everything changed when he came to a simple realization. He expressed it this way. They wouldn't send a teacher to work on Nouns and Adverbs with a dying boy, would they? The teacher in this story represents the hope that Jesus gives to anyone that would believe in him, and that would trust in him. What is a hopeless situation? A hopeless situation is when a person sees no way out. I want to tell you tonight that Jesus is a way out. Don't give up, but instead trust and hope in him. Believe that is the key word in this. For anything that we bring to god whether it's salvation whether it's healing whether it's problems all we need to do tonight is to believe on him the story of lazarus is an amazing story it is only mentioned though in the book of john several commentaries say the other three evangelists wrote their histories during the life of lazarus and they did not mention him for fear of exciting the anger of the jews against him But see, whatever the case is here in the book of John, we find such a remarkable account in which some of the finest traits of our Lord's character are exhibited. And so for a few moments tonight, I wanted to talk about three things. Number one, the unthinkable news. Number two, the uncontrollable fate. And number three, the unimaginable miracle. Number one, first tonight, the unthinkable news. Many tonight here in this congregation has in the past or probably in the present the last few days received unthinkable news, news that you find hard to believe, news that came out of shock to you, or news that was very unexpected. It came out of nowhere. When I think about unthinkable news, I'm reminded of the incident that happened in our family some eight, nine years ago. When we first received the news of my cousin Brian's accident in Afghanistan, Brian was only 20 years old. On his second trip overseas in the peacekeeping mission, he was young and full of energy. No one ever thought we would receive a phone call that he would have been injured by explosives. The day that it happened, I can remember very vividly. I can remember some details that had nothing to do with the situation, but because it was so sudden, so unexpected, it is just etched in my mind. It was at that moment that our family heard the unthinkable, and that our cousin, nephew, grandson, son, could possibly die. Our family was shaken to the core. We all felt helpless because there was nothing we could do here in Canada. Brian was in Germany, in one of the best hospitals in that country. The only thing our family could do was pray for Brian. And a week later, Brian passed away. Lazarus in the Greek is Eliza, which means God is my help. Who is Lazarus? In our scripture, we read about him as a sick man. But to Jesus, he was more than just a sick man. For to Jesus, he was a very close friend. Other people mention our Mary and Martha. Jesus had a close bond, a close relationship with these three. What we find about uh, this story is that the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus was a home away from home for Jesus. This was the place Jesus went to get away from the things of life. We often view Jesus as God, and that He is He is God, He's fully. But also, Jesus was human as well. Because of that, He felt the stresses of life, the need for human companionship, and this was. The home that he went to, this was the resting place. This was the place Jesus could relax. This is where he went to get away from the crowds. It is one of the most precious things in the world to have a house and a home into which one can at any time and find rest and understanding and peace and love. That was definitely true for Jesus, for he had no home for his own. He had nowhere to lay his head. In the home at Bethany, he had such a place. There were three people who loved him very much. And there he could find rest from the tension of life. How wonderful it must have been for these three people to offer their home to Jesus. A place where Jesus could kick up his feet. As believers tonight, our homes should always be a welcoming place for those that need rest those that need encouragement, those that need help. The greatest gift any human being can give another is understanding and peace. I remember going to one of my dearest friends, under at their home, and I used to always walk in, and I'd just go right for the couch, play good on the couch. They didn't mind. I loved going there, and I felt right at home. I could call them anytime and say, hey, i am come down for a bite to eat, what you got? And they would open up their arms come on. I remember one night it was eleven o'clock, eleven thirty at night, and I was just leaving the church. Like I, I, I was hungry. It was late at night. I don't usually <laughs> eat at night now. But I was hungry. And so I called him. and said, You guys need to eat? Come on down, we'll put some burgers in the of you. What i eat before bed.
0: <laughs>
1: no man can have, have a greater gift to offer his fellow man than the rest of weary feet. And that is the gift which Jesus found in the house of Mary and Joseph, and Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The bond between Jesus and Lazarus was strong. The two women knew that Jesus had a close relationship with Lazarus. He loved Lazarus. Lazarus was like a brother to him. So it was their first thought to let him know that he was sick. When a friend is sick, hurts us. When someone is sick, we want to help them. The unthinkable had happened. Lazarus got sick. The unthinkable news came to Jesus. Jesus' best friend got sick. Mary and Martha, when they sent the message, didn't ask for him to come, didn't ask for him to come, or to pray for him that Where he was just kneeling and had a prayer for him. They didn't say that. They simply gave him the terrible news that that was all. They knew the love Jesus had for them. And for Lazarus. So they assumed he would come right away. In the same verse though we find Jesus. Finds out his friend is sick. But instead of going to where Lazarus was. Jesus stayed two two days where he was. Not really something a close friend would do. It's hard to understand in the natural why Jesus would wait two days, but because Jesus walked with the Father, there was something more to why Jesus was doing this. The only right understanding of this answer is our Lord's whole proceeding is here, that He knew, He foresaw all from the very first. Our God is sovereign. Because Jesus was so close to the Father, did everything for the Father's will. He knew that there was something greater that he had to accomplish. Jesus didn't have to go to where Lazarus was to heal him, no. Jesus could have spoken it right where he was and Lazarus would have been healed instantly. That's the power of God. Sometimes we think Jesus had to do things a certain way or that we have to do things a way so that Jesus can move. But see, we don't have to do anything at all. Jesus is going to move on his own accord. All we have to do tonight is believe. For the sisters, they believed that Jesus could heal Lazarus. That's why they sent the message. I like what Charles Spurgeon wrote when he talked about the all-knowing Savior. He said, we should have said that the sickness was unto death, but ultimately to the glory of God. But he who sees the end from the beginning streaks with a grander of style which could not be mocked by us. So the Lord speaks of things not as they seem to be, nor even as they are in the present moment, but as they shall be in the long run. There was something greater to come about this situation than what the disciples see, what Mary and Martha see, what the people around them see they were the disciples were almost glad though that Jesus didn't go back there because they had been running away from the rulers of that day who wanted to stone him so they were glad, the disciples were glad Jesus was staying two extra days but see regardless of the Lord's reasons for his delays Mary and Martha were forced to watch Lazarus waste away and die they were forced to wash his body prepare it for burial, and lay it in a tomb. They were forced to feel pain, heartbreak, sorrow, and doubt. They were forced onto an unthinkable situation. And that's how it goes sometimes. You bring your problem to the Lord, while you receive in return is a silence. You call on him, expecting him to answer your prayers and to meet your need, and all you get in return, nothing. In fact, sometimes the problems just get worse. Sometimes situations turn disastrous. Sometimes you need an answer today, but that answer doesn't come today, it doesn't come tomorrow. Here's what we need to remember. The times of divine silence. The Lord was able to see what the sisters and the disciples could not see. He was able to see beyond the crisis of the moment to the glory God would receive through the crisis. He knew what was on the other side of the pain, the problems and the pressures. He knew the outcome before the crisis even reached its peak. God knows more about our situations tonight than we even know it. The unthinkable news turned into an uncontrollable thing. Secondly, that's the second point, the uncontrollable thing. What the sisters feared the worst had come to pass. Lazarus dies. The scripture tells us that Jesus knew when Lazarus was going to die. For he said to his disciples, John 11, 14 to 15. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. That you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Did Jesus want Lazarus to die? Yes. Jesus wanted him to die because he knew God had a greater purpose for Lazarus. Maybe his reasoning wasn't that he didn't want there to be any dispute about his death and that when he get there, the healing would be more powerful. If we study the Jewish culture, it is said that the Jews believed that the spirit of the man hovered over the grave where the body was for three days. After the length of time, it would have lived there, and there would be no chance of a man coming back to life. We did some background check, and I mentioned this earlier. earlier. Jesus left Judea because they were getting ready to kill him, stone him to death. Now Jesus says to his disciples, Let's go back, let's go back to where Lazarus is. Lazarus is dead. For the disciples, they must have thought Jesus was crazy. They were thinking, This is a sure way to die, but let's go anyway. Because Jesus waited, Lazarus died. Matters went from bad to worse. The situation returned from desperate to impossible. Lazarus is dead and Jesus did nothing to stop it. This was an uncontrollable fate. There was nothing the women could have done but to watch their dearly beloved brother pass on. Jesus returns to the place where Lazarus was. And he is first met with Martha, who comes to Jesus and says, Lord, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha had a lot of faith in Jesus. She knew his miracles. She knew what Jesus could do. But she still tells him how she felt. We've all been there. I've asked the question. I'm sure most of you have asked it too. Lord, where were you? You haven't doubted in your life, I want to know your secret. If you have never had unbelief in your life, then I want to talk to you. Many believers lose the battle right here. They will get mad at God when He doesn't do as they say. And they will get on the outs with Him. Some will even quit on Him. When people give up on God, they usually miss the greatest of His miracles. It's always too soon to quit. Never quit never give up. Martha was just disappointed. How many times have we prayed for Jesus to show up but He doesn't show up? How many times have we asked God to do something about our current situation? He doesn't do what we want or what we ask of Him. Many times I've asked God why He took my cousin Brian away. It's the human nature in us. We miss people. We mourn for people. Listen, you're here tonight and you're still mourning the loss of a loved one. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't grieve. It's natural. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel sad because you miss somebody. I feel sad. It's human nature. We're not supposed to be perfect. We're striving for perfection. But we're not perfect. If you are, come not find me. I want to know your see you. Martha was grieving for her brother, (coughs) so was Mary. The scripture says that Mary was sat down. Mary was sitting in the house. Sitting in the Jewish culture was a sign of mourning. One scholar said this, it is likely that by this circumstance, John intended to convey the idea of her sorrow and distress because anciently afflicted persons were accustomed to put themselves in the sitting posture as expressive of their distress. Their grief, having rendered them, as it were, immovable. What I like though about Martha is that even though she was disappointed that her brother had died, she didn't lose her faith. For in the scripture she said, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She didn't believe he could be raised from the dead now, but she believed in the resurrection. Jesus tried to tell her that she was looking at the resurrection and the life. Jesus tried to let her know that death has no power than this disease that I had healed people before. And that what he did for those who needed healing, he could very well do right now for a brother that has been dead four days. She looked upon the resurrection and the life as things that were to be in the some dim near future. No, says Christ, I am the resurrection and the life. Not only do I get these things by prayer from God, but I am these things. He is the resurrection and the life. Those that believe in Jesus Christ appear to die, but yet they live. They are not in the grave. They are forever with the Lord. They are not unconscious. They are with their Lord in paradise. Death cannot kill a believer. It can only usher him into the freer form of life. Tonight, church, death comes to the ungodly man as a punitive infliction. But to the righteous, it is a summon to the Father's palace. To the sinner, it is execution. To the saint, it is an undressing. Death to the wicked is the king of terrors. Death to the saint is the end of terrors. The commencement of glory. What a blessed hope we have tonight. All Jesus was asking of Martha is to believe in him. If she didn't believe, would that mean Jesus wasn't able to raise Lazarus from the dead? No, of course not. Jesus could have done it back when he was away from them. The challenge Jesus gives to Martha is, do you believe? The same challenge that he gives to Martha, he gives to the church tonight. Do you believe in the resurrection and life of Jesus Christ? If you do, say amen. Amen. Last Sunday we celebrated the life of Jesus Christ because of the resurrection. We now have eternal life. Death was conquered. Jesus rose triumphal over it. And today we can reign victorious as believers because Jesus is alive. If you believe in the power of Jesus Christ, then all you have to do is speak the name over your situation and it's going to change. Speak his name over your sickness and it will leave. Speak his name over the darkness and life will penetrate. Speak his name over your marriage and it will be bonded together. There's Here, Mary jumps to her feet, goes to where Jesus is. She says something of the same mind as Martha: "Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died." It was a sight of seeing both Mary, Martha, in tears that Jesus was moved. God sees the tears of His children. Tonight, child of God, He sees your tears. God is touched by your tears. God remembers tears God has to dry your tears tonight don't let the enemy make you think that he doesn't care for God cares for you remember that God loves you cares for you. we must remember that this would be no gentle shedding of tears it would be almost hysterical wailing and shrieking for it was the Jewish point of view that the more unrestrained the weeping, the honor it paid to the dead. But there is a contrast between Mary and Jesus. Scripture says that Jesus, Mary was weeping, which means I weep. Scripture says that Jesus wept, verse thirty-five, which means I quiet weeping. Jesus was greatly moved, but not out of control. Jesus wept. Because he saw that what sin had done to the world, it had caused death. In the beginning of time, there was never to be death on earth. But because sin entered in, death followed. And Jesus was moved because of what sin had done. Jesus was broken because of what sin had done. Before his eyes, he saw the task that was at hand, and he groaned in a spirit, knowing that soon he would be in the same faith as. What was the point of the scripture? Jesus wept. The point was, Jesus cares. He is not some remote deity, removed from the plight and pain of His people. He is a present Lord who feels the pain of those He loves. He cares for you tonight. He loves you tonight. Thus He enters into your hopeless cases, With a heart of compassion. He understands where you are. He enters into your sorrow. Helping you by giving you his grace. His peace. His strength. Church tonight he cares. You do not have to carry your burdens alone. He cares for you.
0: Praise God.
1: Finally tonight. We have the unimaginable miracle. Jesus after wept. After you cried, ask for the stone to be removed from the entrance of the tomb. I'm sure everyone was thinking, Jesus, why would you want to do there? Why would you want to look there? Why would you want to see him now? It's been four days. Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, by this time there's a stench." Or the King James version says he stanketh. Nobody was expecting anything to happen when the stone was opened. Death had taken over the body beginning to decay. Jesus had asked for the stone to be removed and Martha and Mary did as Jesus commanded them. This was a definite and remarkable step of faith. Jesus compelled Martha and Mary to act on their faith and they did by obeying Jesus and his unusual requests. Jesus again is challenging the women. He's challenging their faith, especially Martha. Again, Jesus could not do anything without the Father. And this was in the will of God for Jesus to do what he was going to do. Before Jesus left to go out to Judea, he already knew what was going to happen. He was fully God and fully human. He knew that Lazarus was going to die and that he would raise him from the dead again. Jesus knew when Lazarus died because he told the disciples. And now he knows that he's going to raise him from the dead because it was the will of the Father for Jesus to do it. Jesus was confident in his relationship with God the Father. The public nature of the prayer was for the sake of Mary and Martha and the people that stood by. Verse 43 says that Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, Lazarus come forth and I'm so glad that he said Lazarus because if he didn't I believe every grave that was around him would open up and every body would have come out of there. That's
2: the power of God.
1: Every person in the midst of that tomb that were mourning must have been in great anticipation to declare such a mighty miracle was a big thing. The loud voice was not, of course because a loud voice was needed to make the dead hear, probably it was in part at least so that the crowd could know that this was no work of magic, but the very power of God. Jesus spoke to the dead body as if Lazarus were alive. Romans 4 and 17 says, He is God who gives life to the dead and caused those things which do not exist as though they did. What a marvelous scene. I would have loved to have been there. I jump now. Imagine me jumping around that tomb now. One simple phrase from Jesus and the same power that brought about the creation of the universe caused the dead man to live. That is the power of God that we serve today. This is the picture of a sovereign Lord. It is the image of one who is in absolute control of everything. If he can speak and worlds appear, he can take care of your hopeless situation. If he can speak and trillions of stars begin to cease cease. He can take care of your situation. If He can speak the waters, team with fish, the heavens filled with birds, and the earth filled with animal life, He can take care of your hopeless situation. If He can breathe into a pile of dust and create the human race, He can take care of your hopeless situation. If He can speak the calm, the stormy waves, He can take care of your hopeless situation. If He can touch the leper image, clean, he can take care of your cancer situation. If he can open the eyes of the blind, he can take care of your helpless situation. If he can walk on water tonight, he can take care of the hopeless situation. If he can feed the multitude, he can take care of your hopeless situation. If he can speak and bring the dead to for Jesus in your hopeless situation don't lose hope he may not be entering you the way you want him but he's there you're here tonight, and you are wondering, does God really care about my cancer situation, my marriage situation, my struggle with money, my wayward son and daughter, my unsafe family members, my anxieties? Let me tell you, Jesus is weeping even now for you and for me. The Scripture says Hebrews 4:15, where we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, firm but was in all points tempted like we are, yet he was without sin. Jesus cares for you today. He cares for your hopeless situation. He cares so much that he died on that old rugged cross for you and me. Jesus does. Care. Every time you feel lonely, he's there. Every time you feel that like no one cares, he cares. Every time you feel like giving up, he's there pushing you to go on. Every time you think your situation is too hard to bear, he is there to help you and lift you up. Everything you have going on in your life. Jesus will always be there. He said I will never leave you nor would I ever forsake you. Tonight that hopeless situation you are in is just another situation for Jesus to come and bring you hope. The miracle of Lazarus was unimaginable. Nobody at that tomb ever thought he would walk out. I can't imagine the feeling of seeing someone raised from the dead. Oh, and I love to see that dearly. Wouldn't you love to see that miracle happen dearly? Oh, God can do it, amen. He's more than able, more than capable. Oh, he's more than able tonight. Glory to God. Forgive me. No matter what you find yourself in tonight, Jesus oh, I cares. All you have to do tonight is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship him for a moment. Hallelujah. Oh, do you believe in Jesus tonight? Thank Amen. You Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's able. He he able. He able. able. Oh, than he's more than able. Oh, In more than able. Right now in the name of Jesus, Jesus. I pray for every situation. Hallelujah. Oh,
0: every hopeless situation right now in the name of Jesus.
1: Meet the needs of Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. To God. Oh he's so good. Posing tonight the musicians can return.
2: Let
1: me ask you this question. Is there a hopeless situation in your life right now? Every head bow every eye Is there a hopeless situation that you can think of in your life? Is there a situation in your life right now that only you and God knows about? A reminder again: Jesus cares. Jesus cares. Jesus cares. Let that ring out your soul. Jesus cares. He loves you. You. God sees every tear you have shed. He has heard every question you have asked Him. He wants you to know him. He's there and He hears you and He cares. you. we we'll give an altar call for salvation to the church of you to pray. You're here tonight and you feel hopeless. You feel you have nothing to live for no hope in your life you're tired of the way you're living I want to tell you today, Jesus is your answer He's the one that will fill you with hope He's the one that fills that void, that emptiness that we feel it's very personal very personal and He loves you, even as a sinner, He loves you. That's why He died on this cross. We're going to take a moment, we're going to keep praying, church. In case there's someone here that needs salvation, I'm going to open the altar. Praise you, Jesus. I'm asking that you would come and give your life to Jesus. You would change your life completely.
0: Praise you, Jesus.
1: We'll fill you with this, love. We're going to sing that course come on to Jesus in your life today. Come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. Church, just pray for a few moments. Someone here needs salvation. See. Now come into my life. Come into my life. Enter your mercy. Make me whole.
0: Thank you, Jesus. In
1: Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're here, you're saying, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I know I can trust you. Why don't you just worship Him for a few moments? We're able to trust Him, we're able to look to Him as we sing this verse.